Osiris. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Welcome back to We Move Through Stormy Weather, a podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. I'm Ryan Storm, and today I'm here at Summer Camp Festival in Illinois, here with the one and only keyboard wizard himself, Joel Cummins. Hey, how's it going, Ryan? What's up, everybody? Thank you so much uh, for doing this. I'm really excited to be here uh, with you. You know, people who may not know or may not have heard our previous conversations can check out uh, episode three of We Move Through Stormy Weather, uh, where we talked about Harry Hood uh, and other various keyboard-related topics, which that, that was a great episode. Thank you. I thought it was one of my best episodes as well. Thank you. Awesome. And th- this is also cool because this is the first time I'm ever doing an episode of this podcast in person. Uh, this, this has never happened before. So wow. Is... I did not realize we were breaking ground. Yeah, it's well, very exciting. Summer Camp Festival is a great place to do that. Yes. Well, let, let's let's start there. Uh, let's start with that topic before we move on to other Umphreys-related things. Um, Summer Camp Festival has been a big part of, or and your band has been a big part of Summer Camp. Uh, and as, you know, this year is the last Summer Camp Festival, you know, how, how does that feel? And, you know, talk through kind of, how this relationship has come to be and how it's evolved over the years. Well, it's definitely a little bittersweet that it's the last year, but I, I also have faith that we're going to move forward and do something different and do something new um, the, the next year when, uh, when this time presents itself. But yeah, we've been a part of summer camp since 2003 when it moved to Memorial day weekend. And eventually the Mo guys were cool enough to uh, invite us to be partners in it with them as well. So um, you know, it's something that has been really, really special for us for a, for a long time. Um, this year in particular, though, it feels really special to me because we're back on the same stage with Mo for the past 10 years or so. Umphreys has been on the sunshine stage and Mo has been on the moonshine, moonshine mm-hmm. stage. So we decided before we really even knew this was going to be the last one that we wanted to do uh, a year with us together so that we could collaborate more right so the, the there is a collaborative billing 
later on in the weekend. Umphreys McGee and Mo at the same time. Does that mean all members of both bands on the same stage? You'll just have to be there to find out, right? All right. And, and everybody <laughs> listening, I mean, you know, it's already happened by the time this comes out. So people will know, and I will know, and I will be excited <laughs> to find out uh, exactly what that entails. And so that, that's awesome. Um, so on to other things. Umphreys has been on somewhat of a tear this year. Uh, you know, I, I from seeing my first show in January, and I see a lot of the buzz online. You gave me some homework to do, some jams to listen to uh, that we're going to talk about. But what has this year felt like for you guys uh, as a band? I feel like it's been a really adventurous year as far as our improvisational stuff goes. And we've also finally gotten comfortable with a lot of the new material that we've debuted in 2022. We had, a, I think, 19 new original songs wow. that were uh, either released or that we played live. And uh, we, I think we're playing about 17 of those <laughs> at this point, maybe 18. Um, so it was a lot of new music for us to learn, and it takes like eight to 10 reps to get that stuff down. So I think that was a, uh, that was a big thing. Um, and then as far as the improvisational stuff goes, you know, Ryan and I have been uh, working on a lot of different communicative things, just trying to, um, Get more comfortable changing keys and you know ways uh ways to get around uh changing keys and fi you know right. figuring figuring out um you know maybe some some new key areas that we can go to um from from certain places so i think there's been a lot of you know there was one one thing that i listened back to and i i kind of remembered this in person but i was like dude we went to the five chord and then we went to the five of five, you know, <laughs> right. and, and just kind of like nerding out on that, listening back to it. So a lot of times it doesn't process as much live when you're creating, you're just trying to like stay on with what's happening and maybe remember the, the last previous idea that you did in case somebody leans back and is like, let's go back to that last thing we did. Yeah. Right. So that, that's one of the cues. I was just actually leaning back. That's one thing that we use if, you know, we have kind of an A and a B section going and we want to hit the other thing for a little change. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I've, I've been really, uh, really excited about that. I feel like we've created a, a good amount of space and, you know, we've had, um, a, a few songs cross the 20 minute mark. I don't think we've gotten to the 30 mark, but, uh, yet, yet, but you know, We're only five it, months into the yeah, year, only five months into it, only five months into it. Um, you know, one of the things I had mentioned to you when I was talking about this that I, I wanted to kind of give a little context is that I feel like we, more than other bands on the scene, kind of try to get to the point of whatever the idea is that we're creating. Mm -hmm. um, we could probably, there are times when I, you know, listening back and, you know, we talk about this, of course, too. It's like, oh, man, we could have taken that idea another 16 or 32 bars or whatever it was right. right so that's it's hard to know sometimes when is the moment that you should be done peaking right right, right when has the musical idea run its course and yeah. when should you move on to the next one yeah and sometimes live i feel like especially with the light show and it's easier in your mind to think we should keep going with this right and then you listen back and you're like well when i don't have the light show Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this should have ended a couple of minutes ago. And yeah. I'm a big fan of redundancy. Yeah. I mean, that's basically all jam music is. I'm a big fan of redundancy. Yeah. 
yeah, it's basically all jam music is just, you know, fooling people with a little tension and release going back and forth between ideas, you know, a nice guitar solo, nice exactly. guitar melody, nice Moog melody. Exactly. Who, who doesn't <laughs> love that? You know, get, gets yeah. people going. Yeah. So uh, it, it has been a really fun year. And, um, you know, this last month of touring in particular, April, um, I was telling some of the guys, I'm like, I had the best time that I can remember playing and touring. So it's, you know, feels like it's we're in a place where it's fun on stage, it's fun off the stage, and, you know, we're just, we're in a good groove right now. I love it. I love it. And so you picked three jams uh, that you told me to listen to, make notes on, et cetera, uh, that you wanted to dive into. Uh, and I do have the notes here. Let me, let me pull them up yeah. for myself. Um, okay. Uh, so I, I did the, the Philly silent type here first. Now, yes. I, what, why did you pick this one? Uh, I picked this one because I remember there being a surprising modulation and section that we... The song is in C-sharp minor, and so it usually starts out in kind of this dancey space, and sometimes we do go to the relative major and we'll end up in E a little yep. bit, but not all the time. And in this one, I feel like... I think we did go to the relative major. I think we went to the E, and then I think we, uh, I think we went to maybe the four chord, the A, um, from there. And that was, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah. But that was like this little revelatory moment. I was kind of playing the chord progression, and I was able to get Ryan's attention to get him to go with me. Okay. And is that is that, is that like a, a big accomplishment, like getting Ryan's attention? Oh, like, absolutely. I mean, idea? he's really focused on himself, so you know, <laughs> on and off stage. Right. <laughs> um, no, but uh, you know, just those. Sometimes you get into something that is happening so much, you're like, oh, I'm gonna close my eyes and really focus on that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it might have been something like that where I'm kind of bouncing around over here on the side. I'm like, pwn. So we also have talkback mics, so it's very possible I could have just bent over and said his name yeah. you know, so that he would look at me. Um, but yeah, I remember us getting to a really beautiful, majestic, surprising space on this uh, on this silent type. Mm-hmm. And I think lengthwise, it might be one of the longer ones. What is it? It was only Talk like back? it was only like fourteen or fifteen 14. minutes, I think. Yeah. That's definitely in the top 10% of length. I mean, the song composed is like three minutes long. Right. You know? So right. It's not okay, in a, terms uh, of, yeah, actual improv length, yeah. it's a little on the longer side. Yeah, th- this I remember hearing this jam because uh, this was the show I listened to while driving to Cleveland uh, before my first little, show. Little you prep know, work? Little, little prep work. I picked this show because I was looking through recent shows, and it had a 20-plus-minute attachments opener, which is my favorite song. And I was like, okay, well, th- this is the show I'm going to listen to in the car. Uh, and that attachments is amazing, also. Um, and I, I've I've gone back to that one a few times. I remember that one being decent. I'm, I should check it out. Show opening twenty minute attachments. You know, Ooh. it's uh, hard to go wrong with that. Oh yeah, okay. I remember this now. I remember that attachments is one of your favorite Humphrey songs. If not, your it, your it is my one. favorite Humphrey okay. song. Yeah. Currently. Currently. Could change. My it could. I mean, listen. I'm I'm gonna see a, a whole bunch of Umphreys this weekend, so it, it could very well change. I've been I've been digging in the kitchen, you know. Uh-huh. Saw, saw that in Cleveland as well, and you guys played it tonight. Like, um, it is that's that's one of the most consistent jam vehicles over the history of Umphreys McGee. I yeah. mean, there have been there was one from Red Rocks. I think it was 
was it 2021? Mm-hmm. I think it was June 18th, 2021. June 18th, 1994. Also my first fish show. Oh. Um, June 18th, 2021, it was Humphreys McGee playing. And we ended up, that was like the, made it on the Hall of Fame vinyl for, for Humphreys. Got it. Yeah. Assuming we've released that already. I hope I'm not spilling the beans. <laughs> well, um, I'll, I'll check on that before yeah. I put out this podcast. Yeah, maybe, there may be a bleep in there. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, pre- <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's out there. I'm pretty sure it's out there. But um, another in the kitchen, I want to say it was uh, August 25th, 06, maybe. It was the, the Riverview Festival in Chicago. Yeah. That's, that's another pretty quality one uh, that I remember. Um, I think there was also... A, one from maybe 2012 that was on the Hall of Fame, but you know there are lots of kitchens that uh, that that are probably worth a little uh, a little stroll, a little dive, away and yeah, a little dive into. I love but, it. Uh, but we picked this one. Um, well, I, I haven't I haven't talked about the silent type yet. We oh, can't, sorry, we can't sorry, move on sorry. to the next champ. I was gonna say so. Th- this one is really cool to me because what what I've noticed the more I've listened to Umphreys is how a lot of the like how active Chris is in all of the improv you know the drummers even even a drummer like john fishman where he's so active in the jams like he's still playing a lot of a support role um against what trey or page or mike is doing melodically um what's so cool to me listening to umphreys is how aggressive chris is in all of the jams and like you know not only is he super busy but it doesn't feel like He's stepping on any of your toes musically either. Like there's so much going on. He's so aggressive. He's so at the front, but there's still so much space for you know for you and Brendan and Ryan and Jake to to fill stuff in. Um, and you know obviously I, I want to mention Andy as well, who I always like subtly notice is adding uh, you know that nice layer of percussion uh, on top of the drums. But th- this was really cool because you know in my Umphrey's newbiness, I still think of you guys as like very dark, metally, whatever. Um, and so hearing this and it's just like bright and soaring and major key as you said like it's awesome Uh, and I feel like there was less of um, you know the one thing that I kind of have a hard time with sometimes is those like you know when Jake will play like 18 million notes in like three seconds Um, he was being really patient yeah and and I I was like wow like there's there's a lot more emotion in the playing and I was like hey like this is this is awesome so I, I loved uh, this one and your keyboard work going from Rhodes to to Moog to B3 like it's awesome it's interesting yeah, yeah right I, I think that's just to stop on that real quick um, <laughs> with 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 Humphreys changing you know parts and going you know it can be like one minute we're in this heavier thing and the next minute all of a sudden it's it's ambient yeah I, I try to have that sort of flexibility where I'm thinking about which instrument I'm playing every you know, 32 or 64 bars to be like, if I played this out, do we need to, is, does a new texture need to happen? Right. And I think that can be, you know, it can really change the mood of something. Or in, in this case, you know, I think I went to the organ and was just laying out on those chords. Yeah. Right. So Soaring, just kind of, just kind of, uh, but creating that harmonic bedrock that is very confident. So the other guys here, oh, okay. He's just doing like a basic one four thing, and that makes that opens it up and makes it very simple for them to, you know, to not have to think too hard. Right, right. I love it. I love it. So, we do have an in the kitchen here. We talked about in the kitchen, and th- this isn't even your favorite jam from this show. 
I don't think so. Yeah, I had a couple people tell me that when they listened back, this was their favorite. And the reason for me it probably wasn't my favorite live is that we, I think every song in the set had a jam. Okay. So we an had embarrassment like, of riches. An embarrassment of riches, and not only that, but like, you know, we were an hour into set two probably, mm -hmm. and at that point, it's like. You know, it can be tough to muster up the creativity there in the final quarter of the show. Right. And so I just wasn't super confident going into the kitchen jam how it was going to go. Mm -hmm. I remember that feeling, you know, and being like, oh, man, are we done? Or we got one more left in us, you know, to yeah. kind of make it happen. So then I, I did listen back to it, but I don't remember listening back to it. But I just had a couple people tell me that was their favorite jam in the show. Now, what, remembering off the top of your head, what was your favorite jam from this show? I think my favorite was, I said Bridgeless earlier, but now thinking back to it, it might be Miami Virtue. All right. Which I believe precedes Kitchen. I think it goes into Kitchen. Oh, I, I think I saw that when I, when I was looking at it. It's yeah. like almost 20 minutes. Um, and I don't remember what happened there. It's just a feeling. Okay, I love it. Yeah, well, you're yeah. playing the jam. You have a, you have a feeling yeah. about. Yeah, but I have things. listened to it, but I've since forgotten. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> this one this one's cool to me because you know we had, um, you know, as I said, the other one was very guitar and drums uh, led, and there's still that in this jam. But I found like Stasic or Ryan. I, I don't know whether people call him Ryan call him or Stasic. Stasic. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, he was like leading a lot more, at least towards the beginning of the jam. A lot of jazzy stuff happening. Uh, which I really enjoyed listening to. Cool, cool. Did did we do was was there a ring mod jam in this one? Uh, there may have been a little bit of ring yeah. mod. There was there yeah. wasn't anything that struck me as like oh this is the ring mod jam like you did in Cleveland uh, after we talked about yeah, it. And yeah, you were like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because Ryan and I uh, get very into it, and I think Chris and Jake like it too. But I think most of the time Brennan gets mad when we go, <laughs> we go ring mod. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's this atonal shit? Like, yeah. yeah. I love it. I love all that Wayne Krantz shit, man, and that Bill Frizzell, you know, that sort that sort of sound that they yeah. go after. It's just, it's so out there. But if you if you get it right, and you know, there are all these strange harmonics that kind of come up depending on right. You know what? How much of the ring mod you're using, and where you have it set on the uh, as far as the frequency goes. So sometimes, I mean, there was another one. It was a Josh Redman. Uh, improvisational thing uh, I want to say chapter 9 but that might be wrong but it was from Madison Wisconsin when we did an improvised set together and I ended up with a ring mod thing yeah and it was like I just sat on it for like three or four minutes <laughs> and just kept playing it but it was good mod. it had but it had like a groove it wasn't something where I was super busy yeah you know and um, I don't know that's one of my one of my favorite effects to play with anyway that's that's my tangent. It, it's a lot of fun. Well, I mean, listen, we love tangents on this podcast for sure. <laughs> uh, th this one was cool uh, also because um, th there was more of you and Brendan, uh, I feel like, being more active in the improv. You know, I, I know it's interesting also listening to how you fit into the space in a lot of Umphrey's jams in more of a support role, and you're, like, augmenting the lead players, which personally I, I wish you were a bit higher in the mix uh, <laughs> as, as a keyboard guy, but... It's uh, it's it's a challenge because Chris Mitchell is mixing for uh, the venue. Yeah, and I don't think that we have a separate like what what he's trying to mix for the venue first, but also not make the tapes horrendous. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the tapes. Yeah. The tapes. Uh, 
So, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because I kind of view my role in that as I, I like when Jake or Ryan uh, start improvisational ideas. I mean, Brennan, too, for that matter. Um, I really like the feeling of creating something off of what someone else is playing. Mm-hmm. And right. I think it's also easier for me to do in general as opposed to like me play something for the guitar players. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, there, I have a lot of options. Right. You know? yes. I can play chords. I can play single notes. I can well, do also something rhythmic. Synths, organ. So many different. Yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of creative choices I have as somebody who's reacting to the first thing that happens. Um, and I, I, I really like having that flexibility. Um, so I think the other thing is I like to wait, you know, it's like, let these guys get their creative ideas out. And then yeah. we're, we're at the point where like, all right, nobody has anything. It's all like, right, Nat, I'll take this I'm one. in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Like you, you kind of try to fill those, fill those voids creatively as well. And just, you know, be the, uh, be, be the person that's there to pick your bandmates up when it's time to do it. Right. I love it. Yeah. All right, we have one last jam uh, to talk about here, which is the Mantis uh, from Grand Rapids on January 27th. I don't know if I had heard this song before. Um, oh, man, this is this, this was, is one of the... My, my first note, actually, is at, at one second into the song, is that a xylophone? Oh. Is that a xylophone? I believe we... Rec- no, we recorded them on... Well, it might have been, but I think we did it on a keyboard... And we sampled, we used a sample of something, Got so it. it wasn't an actual... Okay. Yeah. Caught me a little off guard. <laughs> yeah, so that intro is on the album, and we don't always play it live. Oh, so there we go. Sometimes it has it, sometimes it doesn't. Mm. Um, but Mantis is, to me, one of the top five kind of definitive Humphreys McGee compositions. Ooh. So it, it was our, you know, 2009 album... Um, a lot of progressive tunes and all songs that we had not played live. Mm-hmm. So we released an album completely new material, which yeah. we had not done before. That's awesome. To that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Mantis was kind of the centerpiece of that. And the instrumental music of it, Jake and I uh, wrote together over the course of a couple months. And, um, and then, you know, Brennan wrote the amazing vocal stuff that's on there. I mean, it's just, you know, it's all over the place. Um, I was talking to a couple couple friends about we were talking about what is our favorite song of all time. You know, we started with top five and right. then we got down to one. And my one is probably Bohemian Rhapsody, and Great choice. Uh, and this is Mantis is kind of like our Bohemian Rhapsody, I would say. Ooh, okay. Or, you know, at least compositionally, something that's really complex and goes a lot of different places. I love it. I love it. This jam was cool to me also because, you know, another one where you were kind of more in the front. Uh, felt to me like a like a 2001 jam. You were kind of playing that kind of funky Rhodes. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I haven't I listened back to this since, like, right around the show. Time okay, either. I love I, it. Again, yeah. I just remember listening to it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was That's a good, a good one, one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, it, there's, there's a lot uh, – there's a lot to listen to here because again this is a different you know this is more of a, a bliss jam um but you're more active in it than you are in uh the the what's it called silent uh, the the silent type from philly thank right. you um you know it's I, one of my notes is that sweet sweet roads uh, ah, and yeah. then, then you know then you crank the reverb on it later on in the jam like there's 
there's a lot going on um and you know i i had to i think it was during during the kitchen i switched from listening on my like on my my sono speakers to headphones because i found i could hear you better uh in that but it was like it was coming through on this jam and i was like yeah like keys are here you know? nice <laughs> that was one of our um i just i remember the crowd at that show being really into it mm -hmm. and you know the midwest always has a special energy but michigan in particular i feel like they always come out and you know we play at the meyer gardens in the summer which we're doing again this summer so we hadn't played an indoor show in grand rapids in probably five years and oh think, wow yeah. yeah i think people were pretty amped about that i love it well we're here in the midwest uh this weekend uh we we've got some some great umphreys on tap very much looking forward to seeing you guys a bunch over the next few days uh and you know whatever collaboration with mo that ends up being uh, yep, later on yep. this weekend uh but anything else uh before we go well i mean we should talk about what just happened i uh oh we I, should this yeah. is true we, yeah. we just uh here at summer camp uh is special vip set you kyle hollingsworth and jason han uh i i'm you know i want to start off by saying i love two keyboard bands there should be more of them there, there definitely should be more of them, and uh, I'm, I'm happy you got to be here tonight to, uh, to witness that. We've never played together as a trio before, mm -hmm. and it was just kind of an idea of Ian's to, uh, to put us together. We were throwing around a few different ideas. So I've, I've done a couple shows with just Kyle and me. I've done a couple shows with just Jason and me. Right. And so we played a few of the songs together, and we'd picked, you know, picked some things that we felt like we were going to be comfortable with. Uh, we were going to have a little powwow before the show, but... Kyle got pulled over speeding. <laughs> Highly advise against speeding uh, when you're coming down to Chillicothe, Illinois. They will get you. Don't do that. Don't do that. Noted. And uh, so Kyle was a little bit late to the set. <laughs> and Jason and I were going to walk on and start playing some uh, intro music for him. And he, he ran up in his uh, neon track jacket right on cue. I mean, couldn't, couldn't have nailed it any better. But uh, we did a little uh, Herbie and... Uh, uh, Bobby McFerrin tune called Turtle Shoes. Oh man, I, that 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 song blew me away. Just the two of you guys trading, like first of all, playing the main riff in like perfect unison. Um, you know the overlapping sound of the piano and the electric piano, like just so so good. And then the solos were nuts. It was that was really fun. We we played that one in uh, Boulder earlier this year, but this this version was yeah this this version was better than that one. It was. Uh, it was great. It was a little bit of uh, just a relief. Here we are. Like, right. Let's, we made you know, it. Kyle, yeah. <laughs> Kyle's here. We can play the show. And, uh, yeah, we got out there. It was cool. We did that. We did um, Golden by My Morning Jacket. We did... Uh, kitchen. We'll, yep, In the Kitchen by Umphreys. And then Let's Go Outside by String Cheese. And Kyle sang most of In the Kitchen. I sang most of Let's Go Outside. So we flipped those. Nice little... Little flip-flop. Yeah. Uh, you, had, you had some nice uh, Moog work during the Let's Go Outside jam. That was thank that was you, awesome. Yeah, that was that was a good one. It was nice to uh, I brought the mini Moog Voyager out to get a little bass going in some of these parts, and that was uh, that was one of them where we dove into it. So. Oh yeah. Um, and then we uh, finished it off with Reeling in the Years, little Steely Dan classic. classic, and got to do some more trading solos and stuff. Yeah, it was cool. It was a, it was a really fun set. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping. You know, this isn't a one-off that this trio comes back because it was. If enough people listen to this podcast, all right, possible. okay, we can make it happen, people. If Come you're on, listening, guys. Come whether on, you dude. were whether you were at this set or not, whether you're hearing about it for the first time right now, 
Tell your T- friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> we need more Jason Hand, Kyle Hollingsworth, and Joel Cummins trio in the world. That that's that's the lesson uh, from today's podcast. There we go. Uh, I love it. I All love right. It. Well, uh, I we think should we should get out there and uh, hear some music. I guess should. in my case, I should go play some. You're more gonna music. go play some more music. Yeah. Well, Joel, thank you so much for sitting down and doing this. This was uh, a lot of fun, and I look forward to everything to come in the next few days and uh, doing this again in the future. Ryan, always a pleasure. You can find me, guys, Twitter, Gold Like Joel. Yes. Same on Instagram. Uh, Umphreys.com for all the Umphreys related stuff. And Umphreys.xyz, uh, yeah. too. Umphreys.xyz for some, some free live content as well. There we go. Um, guys, come see Umphreys on tour this summer. We are going to be out out and about, or as Ryan says, hoot and a boot. Hoot and a boot. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of We Move Through Stormy Weather. Hope you have a fantastic day, and we'll see you next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.